Welcome to Offscreen Babble with Shadi and Kyle, where we talk about TV shows and movies we've seen recently. Today is episode 50, Roma, Lorena, Umbrella Academy, and Miracle Workers. And if you're a returning listener, please make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and also make sure to subscribe. And make sure to check out our show notes where you can see what we talk about at what times so you can skip ahead and avoid spoilers. All right, so um, today is our 50th episode. Woo! Uh, I know there's plenty of podcasts that have a million episodes, and Woo. it's like, yeah, good for them. But I feel like 50 episodes, it's a big deal for us just because, I mean, I don't think we've necessarily shared this on the podcast, but I debated ending the podcast several times. And for no reason. <laughs> for me, just being like, I suck, let's end it, and um we obviously we didn't so 50s like wow huh that's interesting that we made it this far and um before we get into review i wanted to do a few things at the top so first off it's march i'm not sure i'm recording this technically before march i'm not sure if hashtag tripod t-r-y-p-o-d is still a thing i remember it was a thing a while back so i'm just gonna try to push through March and see if it actually is something people are using. But I remember it was a hashtag that people used to try to promote their podcast and really try to encourage people who listen to their podcast to share it and essentially try a new podcast. You share with your friend like, hey, I listened to this podcast, try it out. And so I think we would like to say basically at 50 episodes, the fact that we have listeners is surprising and the only reason why we have listeners is because people have shared the podcast with their friends and family, right? Like, we don't pay for advertising. No, we definitely don't. Yeah, I, I try to promote it on social media, but that only gets you so far. Without putting in money. Without, without adding money to promote it. So, really, I'm hoping that this month, if we encourage people to try a podcast, or at least share the podcast that you're listening to with a friend um, that will help get us new listeners. And so, yeah, um, thank you so much if you've been listening or even if this is your first episode listening, thank you for trying us out. And I mean, I don't think we, like the main reason why we started this podcast, I mean, for me was because I like talking about TV shows and movies with you and I wanted to expand and talk to more people about that. Mm -hmm. And so I hope that by gaining more followers or having more people who are listening to our podcast, we have more people to talk to. Yeah. Right. Was there any goal that you, or is there any reason why you are doing the podcast besides me making you? I wouldn't say you making me. Okay. I would say you were interested and I wanted to support you and do it with you. Okay. And I enjoy our conversations and felt like having this time uh, set aside to do that would be nice. And I think it has been. Yeah, I think it's been really nice. This, um, it, we're, I think it'll be a year of us doing the podcast like in May. So we're still a few months away from that. But it, like, for instance, the Oscars just happened. And this is the most, I felt like the most knowledgeable, even though I, we weren't like 100% knowledgeable. We saw a lot of the movies that were nominated. And it was nice uh, experiencing that because I've never ex- seen that many movies that were nominated in one year. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Also some good ones were nominated. Yeah. And it it was just nice seeing, like we, we 
put ourselves out there. We saw TV shows that maybe we normally would have been like, yeah, we'll get to it. But we kind of felt like, no, we want to review it and talk about it on the podcast. So let's watch this show. Um, so yeah, thank you anyone who's listening. Thank you for, uh, if you have already shared our podcast, thank you if you've left us a review or if you rated our podcast. Um, and yeah, I, I think our goal for the next 50 would be to maybe start doing like older movies, older TV shows, right? Yeah. And then ultimately gain more listeners who want to engage with us and talk to us about what we're watching. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any different goals than me or is that the same? Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was necessarily a goal to uh, talk about older movies, but I think that's a direction I think would be nice to explore. Yeah. Um, I'd say maybe a goal is to have some more people on the podcast as well, which yes. we've been doing a little bit I, of. I think that's another thing. In the next 50 episodes, I want us to have more guests on because, shockingly, we started this podcast thinking – we are going to be opposites. And it's yeah. weird that we've been reviewing these pod or these episodes and or movies and TV shows and we've had similar opinions, if not the same exact opinions sometimes, which is sometimes, weird. Yeah. yeah, we weren't expecting that. So it would be nice to have more people on to I guess kind of mix things up and somebody have a different perspective on something. Yep. All right. So one more thing before we get into our review, I wanted to recommend um, some podcasts to listen to, especially since it's Tripod. Um, I guess these are some podcasts that I think you should try. Uh, the first one is Curiosityness. We actually were on their episode 35, and it was really nice. The host is, uh, his name is Travis, and the whole concept of his podcast really is, uh, I think, random topics every episode, and he interviews people. And it's really like a breezy conversation. I think we had a lot of fun. I was really nervous because I still get really nervous when we're guesting or being interviewed for anything. So, mm -hmm. but he was really nice. And his episodes, I listened to one where somebody was like a amusement park enthusiast or like a roller coaster enthusiast specifically. Um, and he just has like random topics every episode. So I recommend that. And then uh, the other podcast I'd like to recommend is Verbal Diorama, uh, hosted by M. And um, I've reflected on how I was, like, really nervous to start the podcast. And when I was really nervous, I joined, like, all these podcast groups, like, oh, let's support each other. And M was in one of them, and she's always been so supportive. And she finally released her first episode recently, and it was freaking amazing, like, I was so excited just because we've been talking for all these months now and I've gotten to learn her kind of taste in TV shows and movies. But then her episode was so thorough. It was like literally what I want our podcast to be like yeah. because it was she talked about Tainai, which I knew nothing about. Like I, I remember the, the uh, movie like commercials kind of but I never saw it. So it's like, oh, OK, let me listen to this episode. I, I guess I'm not going to really know much about it, but she, one, painted a great landscape of, like, the animation world at that time when the movie came out, why it was maybe not a success, uh, the technology used in it, who was involved. Like, she was just so extremely on top of, like, her description. And I was like, damn, I want to I, – I admire, like, the effort that she put into it. And it was just, like, a really good episode that I think – 
it's always fun when you listen to something on a topic that you don't know about and then you leave feeling like am I an expert now on this do <laughs> yeah. I know everything about tiny like so I thought it was a great episode so I rec- what are you saying oh Titan AE oh okay. sorry what does it sound like I'm saying Titan mm, whatever <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is that one word? Why does it sound like I'm singing? <laughs> You're like Tai E. No, Titan A E. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, uh, I would recommend her podcast. I'm going to put links for everything in the show notes in case you want to go over to uh, their shows. But yeah, try their podcast out, share it, do all that stuff. And uh, if you follow us on social media, you'll probably see me this month really pushing the tripod or sharing our podcast or other people's podcasts. Um, Should I recommend a podcast uh, as well? Sure. Do you have a podcast you want to recommend? Yeah. I mean, you know, they're most of the things I listen to are iOS development podcasts. So I figure I shouldn't uh, recommend one of those because it's a very niche. Fine. But which one do you want to recommend? Um, One that's not related to that that I listen to sometimes is uh, called the drummer's resource podcast. Okay. Um, but they have uh, very interesting topics that I think are good for musicians in general. Also people who are kind of interested in the music industry or are um, even just random like business related topics or are interested in some of the guests they mm, have. Okay. What kind of guests do they have? Uh, famous musicians, famous oh. music producers, um, people who've played with, you know, multitudes of different, uh, famous recording artists. Um, and, uh, yet like very interesting conversations and like in-depth, uh, things that I find it very interesting listening to, uh, different, uh, conversations and different things with people, um, of a different topic, like, you know, drumming or something like that. And then when you're listening to it, you kind of realize, wow, you know, the things they're talking about actually even relate to my day-to-day job as an iOS developer or something. And Mm -hmm. it just makes you realize how much, uh, you know, the same ideas and problems people go through and stuff are kind of just the human experience and work in general and different things like that and not uh, specific to uh, an industry. So that's really nice. What um, was it called again? The Drummer's Resource Podcast. Okay, I'll put that in our notes as well. I'll uh, I'll put a specific episode that I really liked with uh, I think was it um, Cindy Blackman Santana. Okay, yeah, send me the link and then I'll put it in our show notes. Cool, sounds good. All right, so yeah, those are the podcasts that we are recommending you to try, including our own. Like, please share and and listen to more episodes. Yeah. Um, but all right, let's get into our review. So today we are reviewing Roma, which is very late compared to, I think, most other people who have reviewed Roma already. This is a week after the Oscars. And we kept telling ourselves, yeah, we'll see it. We'll see it. And we just like never got around to seeing it. And we finally watched it last night. Um, In case you are unaware of Roma, it's already it was nominated for, I believe, 10 Oscars. And it won uh, Director, Foreign Language, and Cinematography. And the synopsis 
a year in the life of a middle-class families made in Mexico City in the early 1970s. So that's very vague. It doesn't go into yeah. anything else. Um, and this is from Alfonso Caron. It's filmed in black and white. Um, and yeah, this movie, like for months now, I think has been talked about before the Oscars because it was the assumption that I think it was highly assumed that it was going to win Best Picture. Um, it did not win Best Picture. That was a surprise win of Green Book. But I think that a lot of people were like, wow, okay. But it did win foreign language, cinematography, and director. So it did win a lot. Um, I think the other thing I heard about Roma before we got to see it was a lot of people who saw Roma were like, you got to see it in theaters. And Mm. this is not Roma's fault. This is everybody else's fault who saw it. But it was a little annoying to me that whole conversation because this was a very limited release this was going through netflix netflix has been very reluctant to put their movies in theaters because they're very much like well we're a streaming service our customers are going to be mad if it's not available exclusively through streaming like why would you know like whatever so um but they seem to very much want to win an oscar so they kind of half did this theatrical run that was very limited and um was it playing maybe 30 minutes away from us in theaters? Absolutely. I was Did just going to say, was it? <laughs> it was absolutely playing, but we never saw it in theaters, so we watched it at home. And I, I can understand why someone would say you have to see it in theaters because uh, we happen to have surround sound. Um, it mm. seems like the sound element is very – it immerses you in the film. So I could see if you don't have that set up, Maybe that's why people are like, you have to see it in theaters. That's true. Yeah, the surround sound was very good with it and was very specific and clear. Yes. Yeah. So I can understand that. However, the, I guess what just makes me mad is just knowing that... Grinds your gears? What grinds my gears <laughs> is that majority of people will not be able to see this movie in theaters. Or obviously it's not even in theaters anymore. And I just think like, okay, so what? They just don't see the movie? <laughs> you know, like what? Like, oh, screw you. You can't see it. Like, or, yeah. oh, maybe I want to rewatch it. Oh, I'm not, it's not in theaters. I guess I can never rewatch, you know, like, I don't know. It just kind of irritated me, that conversation. But I, I, I understand what people were trying to say that it's, you know, you don't want to be distracted by your phone or your dog or blah, blah, blah. And maybe your house, maybe you don't have the setup for, to really enjoy every element of it, blah, blah, blah. I think you can watch it and you'll be fine. But yes, it is a film <laughs> that you need to give 100% of your attention to. Um, but yeah, with that being said, I I don't know if we're going to be able to do like a full review on this because I don't know if I have too much to say about the movie, which is weird because I think it was a good movie. It's hard because it's been hyped up so much and I've been trying to ignore that. I'm like, okay, whatever. But like people have been like saying how this movie made them cry, how it was, you know, the best theatrical experience they've ever, you know, like I've heard it so many. It made me cry. Oh, okay. So maybe I'm alone on this. <laughs> you, you have a different perspective. Um, but I personally think it was a good movie. And when we watched it, I think I asked you like, okay, we both liked it. Would you rewatch it? And we were both like, no. Which doesn't imply anything bad. It's just interesting to me that 
we would have that perspective that we would be like, yeah, it's great. No, thank you. I would never rewatch this movie. And not because it, it was horrific or something was scary or traumatic or anything like that. It was just like, no, thank you. So I don't know what else to say about the movie beyond. I think it's a good movie. The performances are very good. They're very natural, subtle performances up until a certain point. Um, and the story is also very like slow up until a certain point. There's a point in the movie where like <laughs> shit gets crazy <laughs> for uh-huh. like an extended period of time. And then it, it kind of goes back down and then bubbles up a little bit and then goes back down. But it takes like a good hour and a half for that to happen. It feels like. So yeah, yeah. That, that's my opinion. What, what do you think? hun? Um, I'd say that I mostly agree. I think that it was a good movie. It was um, interesting. Um, the way it was shot was very different. Uh, the sound experience was uh, nice, where also it felt like um, the sound was very clear and crisp and didn't seem like it was uh, added after the fact, but seems so clear and um upfront that you would think it was. Yeah, it probably was. I, I mean, guess. Like, yeah. yeah. But um yeah, it was uh pretty cool. Um the story I thought was interesting. It wasn't I was kind of expecting it to be uh more crazy of a story. And see I was expecting it to be like I'm just a person. Life. Like I was expecting it to be like kind of like okay. simple, and then so uh, it was more crazy than it you was thought. crazier than I thought it was going to be. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I expected it to be like really different hmm. kind okay. of story. I, I guess I don't know exactly why. Yeah, I'm but wondering I figured, why. But okay. I figured that was what was the draw of it for some reason. I guess. Oh. Okay. I mean, I guess because he's like, oh, it's this story of my life and blah 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 yes i think i i don't think i mentioned this was written and directed by alfonso Caron, who's best known for uh e to mama tambien children of men and gravity yep um so yeah go on sorry yeah um so i think to me it just felt like um a beautiful nice portrayal of an interesting story that was very grounded and, um, you know, kind of, uh, I was going to say like low fidelity, but essentially no. like, um, stripped down. I'd sure. Say. Okay. You know, yeah. uh, so a lot more, you know, pauses and silence in between and just kind of yes feeling the it's moment. a lot of like absorbing the atmosphere and yeah. things aren't happening and i thought i i should mention and i apologize i am really trying on these names but i know i'm not saying them correctly but yalitza aparicio is That's pretty good is the star of uh the film she plays cleo uh, marina de tavira plays sofia uh the person she works for uh, Fernando Gradigai. Oh. oh, can you give yeah. it to me? <laughs> oh, I was so close. Okay, Gradiaga. Yes, got it. Really? Yep. Uh, <laughs> what is this one? Uh, it's uh Sophia's oh, husband. Gradiaga. See yeah. hmm. exactly what I said. Okay. Um, and would you say is that Jorge or? Yeah. 
Jorge uh, Antonio Guerrero. Yeah, I would say that's the main cast. Everybody else in here is, um, they're not the main focus. So I'll just wait unless we want to name them specifically later. Um, But I would say that with Yalitzia, everything I heard about this was, she's not an actress. She's not an actress. She uh, is a preschool teacher and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, ooh, okay. And she's starring in this? That's risky. And when we started watching the movie, like we mentioned before, there's kind of a slow build. I was like, well, she's doing a good job being very natural. She's not really having – it's more physical work because you're watching her clean the house. You're watching her move. You're seeing her interact with uh, another person here and there, but it's very limited, and it's very kind of like it, – it's small interactions. Like she'll talk to the kids very briefly, or she'll talk to her friend or other coworker. Um, but I was just kind of like, okay, yeah, she's, she's not doing a bad job. But then there's that sequence we're referring to where I was like, wow, okay, whoa. Like she did an amazing job that I'm like, yeah, she definitely deserves to be nominated for best actress. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I know we're being vague because we don't want to spoil anything at this point, but, um, I would say that I think it's a good movie. I just don't know. And maybe this is because... Also, there are some references in this film that I think, because we're American, we do not understand. I tried to educate myself a bit. Like what? Uh, There's, in that sequence, the thing that happens, it's based off of historical events that I think if you I mean, that was the main thing, right? Was there anything else, though? Um, Also, the film is a foreign language film for us. It's uh, Spanish and mixed tech. Mixed tech? That's uh, the language. Yeah, so M-I-X-T-E-C, mix, Mixtech, I believe is how you pronounce it. Okay. Um, and I hadn't heard of that. I didn't either. So um, right from the beginning, to us, it sounds like, oh, she's speaking Spanish. But well, it, it's a... Not really. I mean... What, what do you mean I, not I, really? Uh, with the other language she was speaking, I was like... Hmm, what is that? I was like, oh, okay. It well, mostly you, doesn't sound like Spanish. You are more knowledgeable about Spanish, uh, the Spanish language than I am. Yeah. So maybe you were able to pick up on that. But for me, yeah. I was just like, I didn't pick up on it until there's a moment at the very beginning. So this isn't a spoiler where uh, Cleo says something and one of the kids is like, why are you talking like that? Stop talking like that. Yeah. And to me, I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Stop yeah, talking no, like that. Yeah, I know. I was confused. But <laughs> then quickly you're like, oh, okay. She's speaking a different dialect or it's not the same. Like, that's why I, that's how I knew right from the beginning. Well, Plus also we're watching subtitles and it does say at the beginning of the subtitles, like mixed text yeah. or mixed tech. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, there's a divide there because she, one, is an indigenous person and she is their servant. And that's the other thing. I thought she was like a maid. I thought, okay, she's going to be like, yeah, she's going to be doing laundry, but it seems like she's their servant. Like not, not just like I clean their clothes and clean the house. It's like, I make them uh, a glass of milk. I, if they say, get me this, I get it for them. I do like every single thing they possibly could ask for. Mm hmm. Um, so that was a layer that I wasn't expecting as well, but yeah, I think it's hard because like I said before, there are just certain things culturally that I was like, oh, this is new to me. I just, 
I'm completely unaware of this and I need to educate myself to be a little bit more aware of what was in the film. And maybe that's why I didn't connect with me right away. However, um, I still think the ultimate theme of the film is that, well, I, I'm curious what you got out of the film because what I was getting out of it was that this person who's part of this family and seems so connected and the children love her and all this stuff is still ultimately maybe not as close to them as they think or as she would think. And they still treat her. There's still a divide between them because ultimately she is their servant. That's mm-hmm. that, So like they, we'll get into more specifics, but that's kind of what I was getting. What about you? Uh, yeah, I think that's a, a good analysis. Um, I'd say also that uh, it's just showing her uh, experience and what it's, you know, how, how she tries to have a life of her own within, um, you know, being part of their lives uh, mm-hmm. for so much of her existence and, um, you know, how all of this affects uh, her life as well as what her uh, background and upbringing has to do with all of that. Um so, yeah, I think uh, it kind of just goes over her whole experience from uh, outside of her work with them as well as with her work with them. And mm. uh, I think the aspect you brought up is also a very good point. Uh, before we get into spoilers, the film is two hours and 15 minutes. I feel weird doing it for a movie like this because <laughs> it seems inappropriate to be like, was this movie too long? Like, it seems like maybe not the right thing, but I do feel like a lot of the scenes or like for instance the opening credit scene feel i don't even know how long that was but you're just watch, watching water like on the floor and yeah. you, at first you're not really sure what's happening and then it's revealed minutes later that she's cleaning the floor but it's a long time of you just staring at tiles and staring at the names of the credits and stuff yeah and there are a lot of scenes like that or like a one sequence or at least it looks like a one-sequence shot of uh, her cleaning the house, and it's just the camera's turning, and you're it's following her. Like, it's a lot of just, like, physical work, and not necessarily... Um, it, it is building on the character, and it's giving... It's re- like, I really felt like, damn, she's cleaning a lot. Like, <laughs> ooh, would I be able... Like, you know, like, yeah. I mean, it really brought me into that element, but it's a lot of that. Uh, on top of towards the end, I feel like that's when a lot of stuff starts happening a little bit more rapidly. Yeah. But the beginning, and I think up until halfway through the film, it's very slow. And I'm not saying slow in a bad way. I'm just saying it's really taking its time. So do you think that it should have been shorter? Um, no, I think it's a different movie. If you, do I that. agree. Yeah. You know, it's... You know, if if you're looking for a movie that's, you know, quick hitting and that's not what that's this is. That's not this at all. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So Shockingly. it's runtime appropriate for what it's trying to what do. What it's trying like, to do. Like, could depict. they have cut it down? Yeah, sure. And a it would have been different. But, and yeah, it would have been a, a different, totally different movie. feel. Yeah. Um, one thing I was thinking about is uh, comparing this a bit to uh, If Beale Street Could Talk. Okay. I feel like I've used Beale Street. A I lot. feel like that movie really <laughs> like like Got hit you yeah. because you are bringing it up 
all the time. <laughs> like you it's brought the it up with the nine nine of movies. I guess, but you brought it up for a movie that made no sense last time that I don't remember. Sure, and you keep bringing it up. But yes, go ahead. Make yeah. Comparison. Uh, so what I was gonna say with that one is that it really like I felt the empathy. I felt empathy for the characters like very strongly in that. I felt like very connected to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it like really emotionally resonated with me and like put me in that moment. And I felt like this one, I don't know if partially it has to do with how it's shot um, or also, you know, the feeling behind it. Uh, I feel like I said the same thing, actually, that I feel like a spectator in it, which I think is the point, maybe. I don't know. But yeah. I, f- I feel like I said this exact same thing. I don't thing remember about you saying movie. this, but maybe you did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think for me, if we're doing that comparison with Beale Street, I felt like, I mean, I've talked about the score, like how I just felt like swept into the movie yeah. and like, I was just like, oh my God. And I was in that love story. And this film, I guess I felt very much like, yeah, maybe I'm like almost like a voyeur. Like I'm watching her yeah. do, live her life and seeing her do like every single tedious thing, like cleaning every piece of clothing, picking mm-hmm. up everything, like, like Truly, she cleaned all this stuff, uh, cleaned the house. The next day, the kids is like, girl, did you play with every single toy in your room? <laughs> I was pissed because yeah. I was just like, we just watched her clean that room up for 10 minutes. <laughs> and then now it's messy again. So like, you know, like things like that, I, I, I guess you wouldn't get unless they did spend the time really showing hmm. her day to day life. Um, but yeah, I would say let's actually rate this and then go into spoilers. OK, um, I would say there is an element of this film that I'm still struggling with that I will try to be more specific in spoilers that makes me want to give it like a 4.5 out of five. And maybe if I spend more time, that will go up or down. Like, I don't know, but I think it was a great film. There's just something about it that for me, I don't know if it 100% connected. And I think that's not necessarily because of the film. And it might just be, um, because I'm not aware of some of the cultural stuff in the film. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is, but I think it's a great movie. I think people should see it. Um, I think it deserved the Best Picture nomination, but I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite film. So, like, if I'm thinking about 2018, all the movies we saw, I would say, yeah, it's a great movie, but I don't know if I necessarily was touched by it as much as other movies we saw. So, yeah, I would say, like, 4.5. I'm surprised you gave it that high. I think it's a great film. I thought you were going to give it a 3.5. No, no. I think it's doing a lot. And I think part of it is my own stuff. Like maybe it's sure. something, I don't know. But that's Your preferences and what possibly. is portrayed in a movie. Yeah, that mm-hmm. might be it. And that's, I don't want to be like, well, they should have done this. Like, you know, I don't want to try to rewrite the film. That is kind of what your first reaction was. But my re- my first yeah. reaction was kind of like, wait a minute, what? Like, you know, yeah. like to certain things. So, yeah. What about you? Uh, I was going to say a four. Okay. Huh. Which is yeah. weird because that I thought you enjoyed this film more than me. I thought so, too. That's why I thought you were going to give a 3.5 <laughs> and I was going to give a four. <laughs> okay. All right. Why would you give it four out of five? Um, I thought it was good. Um, I thought it was interesting. It was an interesting look at um, the life there. Um, But it didn't really hit me very deeply. 
like certain parts hit me kind of deeply. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, I don't know. It just, uh, it didn't really grab me and was like a big standout, um, yeah. movie to me. I, I think that's fine. I, 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 I feel, think it's nice. Yeah. I, I feel hesitant yeah. saying all this because it's like this film has been just gushed over and I don't think it's bad. And I definitely understand why people would give it like. 10 out of 5. It's about, like, you know, like, I, I get why people yeah. would just, like, be so enthusiastic for it. Just for me, I don't know. There's just something that, like, if, it, like, when you're bringing up If Beale Street Could Talk, obviously a different subject matter entirely. Yeah. Um, But I feel like some of the techniques were similar. It maybe executed differently. Yeah. Um, And I felt more connection with that than this. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel the same way. And maybe yeah. that's because it's a American film about um, something in American culture that maybe we're just able to understand it more. Or I, I don't know what it maybe. is. Um, But yeah. Okay. So before we get into spoilers, if you saw this movie and you're like, what are you saying? You guys know nothing. <laughs> like, like I would love to hear from somebody who's very enthusiastic about this film and their perspective, or if someone has an opposite feeling, like, uh, eh, it was okay, like, whatever. Yeah. Just let us know what you think about it. Um, but yeah, let's get into spoilers. Okay. All right, so in spoilers, the first thing I'll mention, the thing that I was referring to, the sequence or the events that are happening, start out with the Corpus Christi Massacre, which is something historically that I knew nothing about. But that whole sequence when there's the student protesters and then those people are killing them and all that stuff, that is uh, the Corpus Christi Massacre. Um, And it happened on June 10th, 1971 in Mexico City. Um, And 120 people died. And so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that was something that I knew nothing about. So when it was happening, it was like, what is happening? You know? And I think that's the beginning of the intense feeling from there up until uh she delivers her baby like yeah. it's just like it's just like you're just feeling so uh anxious the entire time and i think when i'm talking about Yelitsia's performance um i the reason why i'm like wow is not only i mean obviously that was a tense scene mm-hmm. and i think somebody who wasn't a good actor wouldn't have been able to connect with the audience as much. And I felt very connected to her. And I think it was maybe how she, she obviously was pained, panicked. She's delivering the baby. She doesn't know what's going on, but that feeling of her just like knowing that her baby didn't survive and her face and then her crying Mm -hmm. and then her not wanting to let it go I thought that she just did an amazing job. That, and so, that I think is the point at which I almost cried. Okay. Yeah. It was just like very touching. And I think yeah. she did a good job. Obviously that scene itself is very intense, but mm-hmm. I think, she, it, I think it wouldn't have been as um, Im- impactful without her performance. Oh yeah, for sure. The thing that I also thought was interesting that I think is the point uh, that they're trying to make in this film is that, does this family actually really love her? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was very interesting how certain members of the family interacted with her. For instance, um, it was almost like at the beginning, like they were walking around her or, or maybe she was like trying to be invisible 
Like mm-hmm. she would clean up around them and no one would acknowledge her. But then all of a sudden the kid would be like, hey. And it's like, okay, yeah. you know, like whatever. And then like when the dad comes home, it's almost like he's not even acknowledging her. And then the wife, Sophia, is like, oh, get the doctor or this or whatever. And like it just felt very uh, cold and not like, you know, like a warm embrace of, oh, you're our family. We love you. And the grandmother I thought was really interesting because I was like, does the grandmother hate her? Because at the very beginning, she was not even talking to her. She wouldn't say anything to her. And I mm. thought it was like intentional. But at at this point, I think she just was like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like she just has no connection to her. And while she went shopping with her for the crib and obviously, you know, that was a nice gesture. Mm-hmm. The moment they get to the hospital and they're going to the emergency room, they're like, what's her name? Cleo. What's her last name? I don't know. What's her well, middle name? She didn't I, know her last name. But she oh, didn't she know did. her middle name. Okay, what's her yeah. middle name? Okay, what's this? What's that? And they're like, and she's like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And I kind of felt like it was like, yeah, you don't know these things because you're not re-. like she's she is someone who they imply has worked with them for a while. Yeah, and they don't really know her. To well, the extent she that doesn't, at least. I think the mom seemed to know her pretty well. I think the mom did, but the mom was obviously going through her own stuff, too. Yeah, Because her exactly. marriage was crumbling. And I think also there's a certain point where, at the end, when her children almost drown. First off, these kids are bad kids, right? Can we say that? <laughs> Is I that mean... bad? <laughs> like, I'm they're sorry. okay. They're pretty normal. I'm sorry. Me. That one kid kept beating up the other kids, and they're like, oh, let's write a letter. Okay, give me all the paper. And it's like, what is wrong with, like, you're grown. Like, stop it. No, you are not ready for kids. Here's the thing. I'm ready for my kids not to be brats. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> First off, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. The kids are just going to be, like, perfectly behaved. No, they're, but what, here's the thing. When they behave like that, I'm not going to be like, hey, hey, stop. Like mm-hmm. how the mom was. Yeah, and what are you going to do? I'm going to be like, I'm sorry. Did you just take that paper out of your brother or sister's hand like that? Like they were like beating each other up to a point that was not I. You'd say, personally. I'm sorry, and be like, it's okay. That's what the kid would say. Kyle. Yeah. No. Anyway. And then these... I'd be like, oh, you're going to your room right now. Oh, Don't God. Talk to and your I'd be like, that weak. <laughs> anyway. well, oh, yeah, that's going to help. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to be awesome, parents. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, anyway, but no, uh, they were a little intense, I think, in their behavior because the expectation was for her to control these kids at all time, and it was just impossible for her to do because there's four kids. Like, for instance, when the dad comes home and he's like, there's dog shit everywhere and the house is a mess, and we just spent like 20 minutes 20 minutes watching her clean the house. And I was like, the house is not messy. Like, what are you talking about? You know? And like, I just kind of felt like, and they're talking about her and she's right there. If that's your family, if that's Mm -hmm. who you're close to, you wouldn't talk to her as if, or talk about her as if she's not in the room. She's standing right next to you. So yeah, I just, one thing I got out of this was like, do they actually really love her? And I think they do, but at a distance. I, I, I don't think, like, even when the child is like, yeah, Cleo saved us from drowning. Um, can you get us a smoothie, please? <laughs> <laughs> and it's, yeah. like, and it's yeah. like, wait, like in the same breath. Like, yeah. it's like, wait, what? She just saved you. Maybe you should be like, we almost died. Yeah. And if it wasn't for this person who we are, like, 
who we pay to clean everything for us and whatever, but obviously she's part of our lives. We would have been dead. I mean, maybe also, if you almost just died, aren't you going to want a smoothie, though? Yes, but l- maybe I go make the smoothie. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know how to make a smoothie, oh, sure. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> know, you know, kidding, like, maybe you know. let's let's give her the night off, you know? like Yeah, um, I was surprised she didn't get the night off. Yeah, and um, that was a little rough. Also, it was rough. Um, her boyfriend? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, so you said that thing about the massacre. Did that oh, answer yes. the question at all about who, what gang or whatever the boyfriend was in? Yeah, I, that's something I would need to do more research in, and I okay. didn't. I just, like, I was feeling a little overwhelmed, like, being like, oh, my God, so many historical <laughs> events I don't yeah. know. And, like, so I didn't get the uh, actual information of what his, what the motive or what the reasoning for this massacre was. Like, mm. it was obviously a political thing, but I just, I couldn't go into specifics i wouldn't be able okay. to talk about it in a way that I sure felt yeah i yeah i thought probably not but i just yeah. figured i'd see if maybe you got that information no with, no with that i well. yeah if i did i would have said it but okay anyway uh her boyfriend sucked i knew he sucked right from the beginning when he was doing martial arts naked um it was intense. I was giving him a chance because no, I'm was a like, martial artist, and I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But the naked part was here's, odd. It looked like he was going to hit his dick every time, and I was just <laughs> like, no, not cool. And even she was like, mm, cool. She, even she wasn't that impressed. She was just sitting there mm. like, so uh, what are we doing here? <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, so he was a dick. Um, and yeah, obviously that was awful when he was like, that's not my kid, and don't say that, you fucking servant. And then did some yeah. weird martial art move because he thought he was cool, but he looked and he said, freaking I'm gonna lame. said, I'm going to beat you up if you come back. Yeah, here. and then he left, and he was Yeah, stupid. that was... Yeah, he sucked. Um, that moment when he sees her, though, in the store is like, oh, fuck. Like, I was like, yeah. oh, my God, is he going to shoot her? Like, I know. I was like, uh, um, he's like, I can kill the baby right now. It ki- I kind of thought he was thinking that but yeah. i think he was more shocked that wow she's really pregnant and that is my kid but i'm denying it like i don't know he his mm. face i think There's it was so also many just things it could be exactly but i think at that moment the actor did a very good job portraying like pure shock i don't really know if there's anything else i can say about this um the sequence in the hospital was only shot once the doctors and nurses were real not actors hired to make the scene feel more authentic this is from, uh-huh. um, I think, an IMDb trivia thing. And the film is dedicated to uh, Lebo, who was uh, Alfonso Caron's uh, maid. maid in real life. And, and he has put her in some of his other movies before, too. And, he, and I guess Gravity? she is. No. <laughs> uh, I think E2 Mama, Tambien, and okay. uh, another film. Um, and I guess she is part of his life still. So... Yeah, I, I guess ultimately to kind of end this review, I mean, I, I I guess the thing that I was struggling with the most was I don't know what he what else this film was trying to say. If the film was trying to say, you know, when you have a servant and you they think they're family but they're not, this is the movie. Like that's kind of what I was getting. <laughs> I, I know okay. I'm simplifying it, but I'm just trying to say like well, it's just a very weird way to say <laughs> I'm it. I'm sorry, I just <laughs> not even I, just the simplification. I, I, you okay. know when you have a <laughs> okay, but I'm just trying to like get okay. to like it. Kind of felt like 
okay, she is part of the family, but there's a divide. And that divide is because this family, you know, values her in the sense of like that she works for them and they love her, but there's still a, a line there that's not crossed. That, that, was, that was what I got out of it. And I just felt like, I felt like there was more and it just wasn't connecting with me. Yeah. That's why I gave it a 4.5. Like, I still think mm-hmm. it was really, like, the cinematography absolutely was amazing. And I definitely think it should have won, in which it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and the performance from Yelitsia was uh, very natural. But that scene really, like, was, like, powerful. And she did an amazing job. So that's mm-hmm. why I really liked the film. It was very interesting. But... I feel like there was just one thing that just didn't connect with me a hundred percent. And that's why I'm not a hundred percent sold on it. Yeah. Um, was there anything else you want to say about the film before we end this review? Uh, no, I think I said most of it already. I, yeah, I think it was good. I think, um, it was an interesting story, uh, good look at, you know, kind of full picture of her life and, uh, all the different aspects of it. Um, and I thought it was interesting to see the different settings and um, places where she would be and the dichotomy of that as well. Um, but yeah, I thought it was uh, it was good. I think it didn't evoke as much emotion in me as uh, other films necessarily, which is why I was yeah. thinking before. I, I agree. There's two things I should mention. One, uh, the scene in which Cleo is turning off the lights contains 45 different camera positions. So that opening scene when she's like, or not opening, but towards the end of that scene when she's turning off all the lights. Yeah. Uh, I guess there were 45 different camera positions, which sounds insane, but I guess makes sense because, again, we were really with her in that home. Like, it felt very tedious mm-hmm. uh, that her having to do that. I know it's her job. The other thing that I w- want to say before we end completely According to Alfonso Cuaron, 95% of the scenes represented in the film are scenes taken out of his memory. And the reason why that trivia fact connected with me was because I did kind of feel like this is a film that I think is maybe like certain things I think are an exaggeration because it's how you remember it and not necessarily how it happened. What's Specifically, an the dog shit. Oh. So, like, part of me was like, <laughs> I think that's a memory of, like, oh, there's always dog shit. But physically, it is impossible for that dog <laughs> to shit that much. It, it, like, one dog. Yeah. So, like, like I kind one of. One day. It's one day. Like, it's just yeah. like, I think that's like a memory that he had that is not 100% accurate, but it's like, that is what he felt like. That's, you know, something hmm. that is. You know what I mean? I, I, I felt wonder. that. I felt that a few times, but that's the biggest example I would have. Um, but okay, yeah. So we like the movie, but there's just something that is not connecting with us 100%. But we definitely understand why people love it, and we would recommend seeing it. And it is a film that you have to give 100% of your attention to when you're watching it. Yeah, I think that idea is not necessarily what I'd say. I don't think it's oh. that you have to give 100% attention. I think that you have to be calm and patient yeah and in that mindset to watch it like when i hear like oh you can't have any distractions and stuff it 
makes it seem like if you miss it, one second, it's you're not miss that it's something. complex. No, it's well, that nor you... are like are things going to change so rapidly that you're going to miss it because it kind of like scares you. Like, oh man, like I gotta keep my eyes peeled. I'm going to miss something. It's no, just it's that, like that you should be present in the moment because that is the point of it. That's a good way of saying it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let us know what you think about the movie, and let's move on to our next topic. All right, so now we're doing Let's Babble. Um, the first thing I wanted to talk about was Lorena. It's a four-episode docuseries on Amazon Prime. It's about Lorena and John Wayne Bobbitt. Kyle, do you know anything about the story? That name sounds familiar, but no. Okay, so this happened in 93. I, you and I both would have been like four. Um, and for whatever reason, I remember this story again we've established that i had unsupervised television access so i knew everything that a child should not have known and you probably didn't hear about this story very much we're going there again well no i'm just saying that like (laughs) i i can understand why you wouldn't have known the story yeah um but the imdb synopsis is um from executive producer jordan peele the four-part docuseries reinvestigates the events of 1993, where, where Lorena Bobbitt sliced off her husband's penis after years of abuse. Oh. Yes. So I remember this story when I was a child. And what? Yeah. And I remember, because, I mean, it, it did go on for a few years. I remember it being topical even after the trial of, like, oh, wow, she cut off his penis. And I think the way the media depicted it was I forget where Lorena is from, but they kept making it seem like, ooh, she's such a spicy Latina. Like, very, like, horrible, like, stereotypical Um. things about, like, ooh, she was mad because, you know, he was cheating on her, so she cut his dick off. And that was kind of how it was told. Mm -hmm. And instead, you know, it, it glazed over, like, her accusations of abuse, um... And maybe what would make somebody do something like this, especially in the early 90s, I still think there was uh, people still struggling with the uh, mental effects of domestic abuse and what that could do to a person. And so I think during this time, that wasn't really like, oh, yeah, whatever. But no, it was because you're mad that he cheated or you're mad about something. And that's why you did it. And, oh, I think there's also a very, like, uh, close connection because she cut his dick off. So I think every guy was like, ooh, what? Like, yeah. no, that is, that's crossing the line. Like, obviously. <laughs> and I think a lot of women at that time were like, well, what did he do? Like, it's just <laughs> like, okay. He obviously, which, uh, this isn't a spoiler, but yeah, what did he do? Because nobody just... This isn't a spoiler, but what did he do? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) But I... What? uh, Kyle, just let me... I'm going (laughs) to... Keep going, please. (laughs) My point is, when you hear someone cut someone dick off, it's... (laughs) (laughs) Can you say that again as a sentence? (laughs) Getting more crazy. (laughs) Okay, okay. When someone cuts someone else's dick off, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you, I think, have to ask, obviously, one, is that person just 
cutting dicks left and right? Like, are they just crazy? Or did they do it for a reason? What is the reason? (laughs) And, And this film reveals that she was the victim of domestic abuse and goes into detail further than what maybe if you heard about the story in the 90s and never thought about it again, um, I think you'd be very shocked to hear the details as to what happened to her in that relationship. And so I was very surprised because I was like, oh, yeah, I know that story. Uh, He cheated or whatever. And it's like there actually was never any cheating. And he was very abusive. And they go into his history with women in general and how – he was abusive to multiple women Mm. and it comes off like you know it definitely retells the story that i think everybody thinks they know and again we were just laughing maybe partially because i'm going crazy but also it's like yeah it felt very odd laughing and then you're like and so she was abused (laughs) yes uh, yeah we're not laughing at that we're i think it's just because i was going crazy a little bit but like it's a serious topic ultimately because she was being abused And I know it's like, whoa, she cut his dick off, like whatever, like that already puts you in a weird place. But I think if you watch the story, you'll understand what happened. And it's it's very revealing, I guess. So even if you think you know what happened, you don't like at least (laughs) at least at least in my case, I thought I knew the story. Obviously, I didn't. They interview both of them. And Mm. uh, yeah. You definitely leave being like, oh, yeah, I did not know this. And things are clearer now. Um, Warning, you do see pictures of the cutoff dick. So if you are not in the mood for that. (laughs) In the mood. (laughs) um, You probably want to skip episodes one and two because I think that's where they show it. Um, But episodes three and four, I think, are very good because it definitely changes everything as far as my opinion on the story. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's Lorena. It's a four episode docuseries on Amazon prime. Um, the other thing that I've been watching is umbrella Academy, which is on Netflix. I think it premiered like maybe a week and a half ago or so. Um, this is based off a comic. I'm not familiar with the comic. So, uh, I knew it was a comic by Gerard way, uh, or at least it was co-written by Gerard way and Gabriel Ba. Um, and is that significant? I don't know who that is. Gerard Way was the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. Oh. And so I liked My Chemical Romance. So I'm like, okay, I know this connection and that is all. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so it premiered on Netflix, 10 episodes, the synopsis. A disbanded group of superheroes reunites after their adopted father, who trained them to save the world, dies. Um, it's already been picked up for a second season. This is seems to be kind of replacing the Marvel superhero shows that have officially been canceled off of Netflix. And uh, because these are not connected to Disney in any way, it seems like these are Netflix properties now, like all they own all of it, or at least it's under their control. Maybe there's an idea that these, these are the type of superhero shows that are going to be on Netflix now. Um, Hmm. But yeah, if you've seen the trailer for it, it also reveals that, like, on one day, all these women um, became pregnant without knowing and then delivered the baby within the same day. And I think it was, like, 40-something women. And this guy decides to try to adopt as many of them and creates his own kind of superhero academy. 
And I really liked it. I'll say the negatives I have about the show, um, it's a 10-episode series, and I don't think it needs to be 10 episodes. Also, majority of the episodes are 55 minutes or more, which I also don't think the episodes need to be as long. However, what I will say is that I like the show. It is a little bit predictable. Like, you kind of know where it's going. But I will say, like, it was kind of comforting. I don't know if this will make much sense. But, like, hmm. do you ever watch something? You're like, I kind of know where this is going. But, like, I, I'm at ease because I know where it's going. And I'm okay with that. Do you ever watch anything like that? Uh, I think uh, much of the time... If I really pulled myself out and thought about it, I may be able to predict where something's going, but mm-hmm. I don't do that. Okay. So I, I don't think it relates as much to me. Okay. Well, it, was, it wasn't it was a bad thing that it was predictable. Uh, also, the music cues are, like, very interesting. It, it, a lot of times it almost feels like a music video, um, but it was fun. I, I liked it. Um, the cast, I guess I should have mentioned who's in it, like Ellen Page. Um, oh. I don't really know many of the other actors but they i guess they have been in other things tom hopper david castanedo castaneda sorry emily raver lampman okay things are getting harder uh robert sheehan adi adian gallagher which i think oh yeah no i don't know who he is um and mary j blige who i know who she is um but yeah I, I really liked seeing Ellen Page, obviously, since I didn't know much of the cast. And watching Mary J. Blige get to be kind of like a badass was fun. I don't know if she's the best actress, but it was still fun seeing her do things. So, yeah, I liked it. Kyle, I was asking if you wanted to see it. I think I asked you three times. <laughs> Every time you were like, uh, so it sounds like you just weren't interested. Uh... Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm not going to push you to watch it because it, I, if I thought the show was like, you got to see it, I would, of course, let you know. But I had a good time watching it. And I think I'm looking forward to the second season. I, you know, like it wasn't a I, I think part of the of my negative or maybe it's not a negative feeling is that it seemed like certain scenes they didn't have the budget for. So they would just cut and say, like, this thing happened. And it's like, wait, why didn't I see that? Like, what? Yeah. But that it was it didn't happen too often, um, but yeah, I liked it, and I'm looking forward to the second season. I'm hoping there is a second season. Yeah, it just like literally today mm-hmm. or yesterday, I think they announced it's officially getting uh, season two. So yeah, I I'm looking forward to it, and we'll see if you end up ever watching it <laughs> because I don't yeah. think you will. Okay. All right. Um, and then the last thing we're going to talk about is a show that we both watched called Miracle Workers. Uh, this is on TBS. It's currently airing. It's a limited series. I think it has seven episodes this season, and ha- they have only aired three episodes so far. Only seven? Wow. Yeah. Um, the IMDb synopsis, a comedy set in the offices of Heaven, Inc. When God plans to destroy Earth, two low-level angels must convince their boss to save humanity. They bet him that they can pull off their most impossible miracle yet help two humans fall in love. Um, That's a whole lot. Yeah. So what did you think about, I mean, we've only watched three episodes, but what do you think about the show so far? I like it. I think it's funny. Um, I should mention it stars Daniel Radcliffe mm-hmm. and uh, Geraldine Vis- Viswanathan, who's from um, Blockers. 
that we really like. Yes, she's amazing. And uh, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi, uh, Karan Sani as Sanjay. And yeah, I think those are the names I recognize. Um, yeah, I, I think it's good. It's funny. Um, it feels simplistic and uh, I don't know if predictable, but like it's uh, it's very basic. Um, but not, are you saying basic in like a, it's just simple. You're not saying basic yeah. like in a bad way. No. Okay. Oh, are, are you saying basic in a bad way? No. Okay, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> this is confusing. I I don't think so. Um, I think it's pretty funny and it's. Your arms are crossed. Oh God, you here we angry. go. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, yeah, I, I expected because of the, uh, material that it was going to be a little more of an interesting story with, um, uh, akin to the good place. Yes. So Um, it's not so much like that. Uh, there is some interesting kind of twists a little bit to it, but, um, yeah, overall I think it's pretty funny but it's you know it's it's simplistic yeah there seems to be a trend right now where all these shows are dealing with like what if heaven was the office or something yeah. like you know like this is very much taking like the good places will have like cuts to an office type uh place that is supposed to do something with heaven right this is like take it even further and like there's all these departments and like you see more of that um, I should mention the first episode was directed by, I always don't know how to pronounce his name, Jorma Tacone from Lonely Island. Do you know who oh, I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, he uh, directed it, and I believe he might be a producer, too, um, or at least directed the first episode. And it was created by Simon Rich, who was a former writer on SNL. So for me, it's so interesting because, like, uh, there is an article that I should mention, and um, I'm going to struggle because I found out there's a word I do not know how to pronounce. That is a <laughs> you very do know simple how to word. It. <laughs> uh, the article is called Russian Doll, The Good Place, Miracle Workers, and the Appeal of the Existential Comedy. If you just said it more quickly, no one would have noticed. What are you talking about? <laughs> I said that so naturally. Russian doll. Yeah, I had a hard time saying Russian. Now yeah. I know how. Um, anyway, I'll include the link in our notes in case anybody wants to read this article. But I thought it was interesting because it's basically talking about how there's this trend of like are all the TV shows on right now, or not all, but a lot of TV shows on right now are kind of dealing with like uh, – ethics and humanity and what it means to be a good person and blah, blah, blah. And um, I'm not mad at that. Like, even though Miracle Worker seems very similar in some ways to The Good Place, um, I'm not like, Ugh, this is just a lesser good place or whatever. I, I Yeah, think, no, it's very different. Yeah, there is a major difference in it, but there is also some similarities because they're both about yeah. heaven and the heaven is kind of like an office and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, I will say that I'm actually very surprised how funny Daniel Radcliffe is. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, Oh, he's just going to be there. Like I, I, I didn't know what to expect from him because I've really only seen him in the Harry Potter films, but he's been making me laugh. Uh, Geraldine, uh, Viswan Nathan from blockers. 
she's freaking hilarious. I yeah. want her to do way more comedies. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I think I've been enjoying this show more than you because I've been cracking up and you've just been like, mm-hmm. that's funny. Have I been doing it? Yeah, I think you, I don't think you've really been laughing as much as I have yeah. or maybe you're doing fake laughter. I don't know. No, I haven't been doing fake because you've been laughing, so I don't need to. Okay. Yeah. yeah let's not touch that. You're welcome. N- no. Um, but like, <laughs> like for me, I, um, I just think it's hilarious. I think it's a good show, uh, to go off of what you're saying. I do think it's a simple show. It, I think the good place to compare it had some complex things they were trying to do and twist in every episode yeah. that made it kind of like, what the heck? But what I will say for me is that the good place comedically hasn't always connected with me as much. Mm -hmm. And my interest has been in those twists and turns they've been taking in the plot. And with this show, I like that it's like so low or it feels like low stakes. Like there's not a ton of twists. Even though it's very high stakes. Yeah, I know. True. (laughs) Like the the end of the world. But like, it's just like funny. I think it's funny. And I think Daniel Radcliffe and Geraldine are funny together as well as I think her reaction to things are very funny too. Yeah, I agree with that. I I think if you're looking for a comedy, I would recommend this. Like I, I am enjoying this and having more fun and, and laughing more with this than good place. Not to say that good place, you can't enjoy it. But like, if I had to pick, I would watch this over that. Hmm. You would pick the good place. Yeah, I think so. Which again, they're different shows, but I'm just saying like, I'm, I am laughing more <laughs> watching this, and I'm actually yeah. excited to for the next next week's episode. I may be laughing a similar amount. Okay, no, you're no, you're not. Anyway, no? okay. all right. Well, uh, yeah. So that's on TBS, and uh, I think. Oh yeah, I already mentioned this. It's only aired the three out of seven episodes that it has. But all right, let's end the show. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and also subscribe. And again, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, If you can, please, I will be mentioning this, I guess, every episode this month. If you do share our show, tag us. You can use the hashtag tripod. I'll put all the information in our show notes. But ultimately, the only way that our show will grow is if you share us because we are not paying for advertising (laughs) and we don't have any other way to reach out to other people. So please, if you enjoy the show, share it with a friend, share it with somebody who likes talking about TV shows and movies. And, uh, you can always tag us when you share it. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at offscreen babble. We're also on Letterboxd. Just search our name. Also, if you have any feedback or suggestions, please email us at offscreenbabble at gmail.com. All right. Bye. Bye.